Hey everyone, we're back again with another ETF Institute podcast, and today we're joined by Peter Belopetrovich and Seth Hickel from Innovative Portfolios. Uh, so currently, Innovative Por- Portfolios offers two ETFs, being the Preferred Plus ETF, ticker symbol IPPP, and the Dividend Performance ETF, ticker symbol IPDP. Um, given the current inflationary environment and the fact that many investors are seeking uh, additional yield, I figured it was fitting to have Peter and Seth on today to discuss these products. Uh, so gentlemen, thank you and, and welcome. Hey, thanks for having us, Devin. Yeah, thanks. Nice to be here. So while Innovative Portfolios may be new to the ETF game, um, you know, having recently converted to mutual funds, uh, your team is definitely not new to the investment game. Uh, so can you give a little uh, quick overview on the history and evolution of your firm and maybe specifically highlighting the movement from SMA to mutual fund to ETF? Yeah, absolutely. So the firm was started by Ron Brock and Dave Gilreath in 2001. Uh, they left from Morgan Stanley, Dean Witter, uh, with about $60 million in AUM. Uh, at the time, they offered just a few SMA strategies, uh, you know, dividend growth and income strategy, covered call, um, which was innovative at the time. Most others were doing commission-based uh, full mutual fund portfolios. Uh, around 2004, they got onto TD's referral network, offering those couple SMAs, uh, and this was a big propeller for growth for the firm. Uh, some more SMAs were added along the way, one of which was our option overlay, and a uh, huge propeller for growth. So come 2015, uh, the firm was able to cross over a billion in AUM. Uh, around 2018, we created innovative portfolios to serve as the asset management arm for Sheetrock. Uh, as well as package our SMA offerings into two mutual funds. Uh, they did very well. Uh, we achieved top percentile in each of the first three years and beating their benchmarks, but uh, we were noticing a bit of a trend in the industry uh, with ETFs gaining traction. We saw the opportunity to lower our fees, uh, offer it in a more tax-efficient structure, and ultimately a more marketable vehicle as well. So we chose to convert these mutual funds to ETFs, which happened at the beginning of last month. Uh, in doing so, we maintained our track record, which was pretty crucial in the process, uh, as well as our ratings. Uh, so we were able to, to come out of the gate with a bit of a track record instead of uh, nothing, as we would if we did it as a new issue. Can you give me some insight into how your firm is currently thinking about the inflationary environment and maybe how equities or your strategies specifically might assist with uh, hedging the risk? Sure. So inflation really has been high, you know, uh, on historical standards. Uh, It's been causing a lot of volatility in the stock market, a lot of volatility in the bond market. Uh, But we really take a a broader view of inflation and really the economy as a whole. Um, The the market has experienced inflation in the past. um, And we think that over time, markets will adapt. They will normalize inflation, maybe a little bit higher than historical standards, um, But we believe that really large cap dividend paying companies are going to be able to weather the storm and really come out on the other side. So our dividend um, fund uh, really focuses in on those uh, larger large cap companies have a history of paying dividends um, and really uh, value stocks typically do better during an inflationary period. So we've really been focusing on quality companies, large cap um, again, with a, a good history of paying dividends. So that's a good setup to my next question. So uh, let's discuss your products and, and let's start with the dividend performers ETF, uh, if, if you don't mind, the ticker symbols IPDP. Uh, so what's the overall strategy and investment case for this fund? 
Yeah, so we start off um, with the Dividend Achievers uh, Index. Um, then we narrow that down to about 50 stocks. Um, just for those who don't know, the Dividend Achievers really uh, consists of companies that have been paying and increasing dividends for at least 10 consecutive years. Um, we have some other variables that we look at that we run against the portfolio. Mainly we look for securities that we believe have um, a lower downside risk than their um, other constituents. Um, so we try to take the human element out of this portion of the portfolio, the dividend um, equity side. Um, then we layer on um, our option strategy. This consists of three bull credit put spreads staggered every 15 days. We do this on a systematic basis, and our goal here is to achieve um, a, a little bit of an enhanced yield through the harvesting of volatility risk premium. Um, it does add a, an additional layer of risk on the portfolio, um, and oftentimes, you know, if you look at put options, they are purchased to hedge or protect the portfolio. We really take the other side of this market. We collect the premium that people are willing to, to pay for insurance. And uh, we believe in the long term, um, as long as we're able to consistently do that, markets will trend higher and uh, we'll come out on the other side looking pretty good. So on the second part to your question, as far as the, uh, the investment case, I mean, really the common thread is long-term income-oriented investors who can tolerate some additional volatility. Uh, most people have a dividend component of the portfolio. Those in the distribution phase of life, uh, we really liked how the option overlay adds an additional source of income on top of the dividends they're already getting for the underlying stocks. On the other side of the coin, though, those on the accumulation phase, uh, we think that they could use the extra income to reinvest or they could use it to add to other parts of the portfolio. Really, the dividend growth side is, is very steak and potatoes, if you will. Uh, we believe our system for for screening the stocks holds a lot of merit and the research guides us to the point that the stocks really come to us. Uh, the option overlay is a bit more of a, a French pastry <laughs> and this is the part that we believe makes us innovative and that few others are doing. So let's shift to the preferred plus ETF, ticker symbol IPPP. Uh, we've seen growth in options overlay strategies, as as you mentioned in the ETF world here recently, um, but I don't recall too many uh, pure uh, preferred stock plays uh, be, being in in that uh, that bucket. So can you give me some details on the philosophy of this fund? Yeah, so on the, the preferred fund, um, basically, you know, we're looking for a fixed all or fixed income alternative. Um, and we, we focused in on, you know, the preferred market. We've been doing this for a while. It's a market that we're very familiar with. Um, but this market is has to have a little bit more of an active management in it. It's not we can't just input variables and have the stocks kind of pick themselves or the the preferreds pick themselves. Um, we have a, a gentleman named J.R. Humphreys uh, who is actively looking at securities and managing them um, back up actively. So we're looking for if you if you look at the preferred market, um, you get a little bit of a higher yield for the comparable credit quality. It's really the subordination premium. Many preferreds are issued by banks, and after 2009, banks were really held to a higher standard, and they're in a much stronger position than they had been um, historically. Um, most preferreds are taxed as qualified income versus non-qualified income. You know, in fact, in some cases, investors in preferreds can have a better after-tax yield than tax-free munis. That depends on the investor. 
Um, but JR really looks for many different factors, including you know credit quality, the call features, yield to worse. Lately, in the rising interest rate environment, he's been focusing on the coupon structure. Um, and he's really been looking for those that have a fixed to float feature that, that allows him to minimize the interest rate risk. So, you know, by taking an active approach and adjusting to the market, um, he's, you know, kind of changing the things that he looks at as the market um, kind of tells him to do so. And we don't really want to be like any other preferred, which is why we think the portfolio does need someone active. And then we add on the um, option component as well, um, package that all up, and I think that we've got something that's a, you know, a little bit more innovative than some of the other traditional preferred uh, ETFs that exist out there. Yeah, these these products are are very innovative and and very unique, and that's obviously why I want, why I want to have you guys on today to uh, to highlight these. So, if advisors or investors want to learn more about your ETFs products um, or your your RIA, where where, where can they go? Uh, so on the RIA side, we have sheafbrock.com. Uh, on the innovative portfolio side, it's innovativeportfolios.com as well, where you'll be able to get some more info on the funds, uh, as well as the other SMA offerings. And um, yeah, that's where you'll be able to find us. So many of our <clears throat> members are on Twitter. Do either of you uh, use Twitter? And can anybody uh, find you out there? I'm kind of the lone wolf of the firm on Twitter at the moment. So I'm at PutSpectives, P-U-T, little play on perspectives, and obviously our uh, put option overlay. So at PutSpectives. So before we end here, I just want to remind everyone that if you're interested in learning more about ETFs, uh, potentially consider pursuing your certified ETF advisor designation. Uh, and you can learn more at CETF.org. So Peter, Seth, thank you again for your time. Appreciate it, Devin.